You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller. Arriba, 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 tota! It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Stanton Studio various historic Colorado, South Carolina, and South Dakota beer districts. This is The Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest-running monthly hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over one million times all over the globe. We are on the air and everywhere and heard worldwide on all your favorite apps and at thetrailshow.com. The Trail Show has a mailing list. Sign up by clicking the subscribe mailing list tab at thetrailshow.com. Do it now. All right, folks. It's the Ides of March. P.O.D., what's on tonight's show? Well, I'm excited to announce that we have two female guests tonight. That's the most exciting part. I think we should just get right into it. We always start this show with D.Lo's Wine of the Month. So, (laughs) D.Lo, take it away. Well... Listeners, ladies and gentlemen of the trail show, we do have some changes in store for you that are coming up and you may hear about them next month. However, the first change that we would like to talk about is Mike DiLorenzo's wine of the month. And tonight I am drinking a lovely $12 bottle of Malbec, very generic Malbec from South America, Altos de Argentina. Might be chilly. I think it's Argentina. I don't really know. To be honest, it doesn't really matter. It's a fine $10 bottle of Malbec. You can even probably get it cheaper if it's on sale somewhere. It holds up for a few days with just the cork in there, so no fancy decanters needed, ladies and gentlemen. You can just stuff that cork back in the bottle when you're done if you don't happen to just drink it all in one night. Why wouldn't you? And it will last for days. And it's a lovely table wine that goes with many different things. Tonight, I had it with enchiladas, which I made the proper way. Malbec with enchiladas? And it was lovely. Hmm. What's the proper way? Fry the tortillas lightly and dip them in the sauce. Mm. D'Lo, is that Kirkland brand Malbec? Heavens no. I told you it was Altos. Altos, okay. Altos de Argentina. Fantastic. Well, others of us are not drinking Malbec tonight. Don't worry. I'll be back later with Beer of the Month because I've got some really awesome Beer of the Month, too. Super exciting stuff for you, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Because you had something else you wanted to say, Disco? What about POD and Triple O? Before I introduce my (laughs) South Dakota beers, what are you guys drinking? Well, I am continuing to be sober curious. So I have continued with that. Yes. So um, I, instead of drinking um, some beer tonight, I am drinking some CBD infused blood orange sparkling water by Present. Hey now. Oh, this is from Left Hand Brewing, actually. Hmm. What? How did you know they were in the CBD Mm -hmm. infusion game? 
who yeah, is a lot of people a lot of people think right? that this like oh i'll drink that cbd thing it'll be relaxing but like people that's not how it works okay well and 20 you milligrams get, 20 milligrams really ain't enough. nothing and you gotta take cbd for a long time you can't just drink this one sparkling water and be like oh yes i feel relaxed now just so you know I've got red cut amber ale from Sturgis Brewing Company here in the Black Hills oh, of South Dakota. Sturgis. Is there, is there, oh, you should put that down. There's a policeman coming from behind you. Yeah, I can't crack it right now because I'm in a public parking lot and it's being patrolled. But anyway, um, I'll read off the can uh, as Delo would have me do. Actually, there's good news. There's nothing on the can. It just says red cut red amber. And I have a different beer for later. I've got the Sodank IPA from Lost Cabin Brewing Company out of Rapid City, South Dakota. And I've already had a few of these, and I can tell you they're quite delicious. And are they so dank? They are super dank. <laughs> I don't know what the IBUs are. I would guess 420, but what do I know? Well, I've Good got luck. a German-style tart wheat ale what? from... Creature Comforts Brewing Company called the Athena, which happens to also be my cousin's daughter's name, who was born almost a year ago. Did you give her some? I did not give her some. I hope she gets royalties. Uh, Creature Comforts Brewing Company is from Athens, Georgia, home of the best college football team money can buy. And... That's all I'll say about that. The beer is wow. pretty good. <laughs> wow. That's a bold statement, Triple O. Bold statement. All right. That's beer of the month. Do we have any trail news, Princess of Darkness? Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have trail news. Here it is. Do we have stories of snowfall? We have California? all kinds. We have actually three stories. And I did actually um, do a cursory read of each of these. Let's start with the guides required in Nepal. Starting on April 1st, tourists traveling to Nepal Nepal must hire licensed guides or porters before trekking through the country's wilderness. So this is probably no surprise to anybody that this was coming down the the pipeline, but um, it's basically gonna help, one, help their economy, and two, they have often have people who are misplaced or lost. And so they're thinking that the guides will, you know, help resolve that situation. So basically residents of South Asian countries are going to have to pay seven and a half dollars per day, roughly, per solo hiker. And everyone else is going to have to pay $15.25 per day, um, which is double the previous fee, but also wasn't required before. So yeah, I mean, this this is the case in um, Peru, you know, it's the case in a lot of, you know, a lot of different countries where they're requiring guides. I do think it's probably good for most people. However, I always think back to Trauma and Pepper and their trek through the Himalayas and yep. they like hired a guide and they're like, here's our plan because they were required to hire a guide for certain parts, I think. And the guide was like, what? No, that's not possible. And they're like, yes, it is. And so they basically like they drug at, him. Some, at some point. Yeah, they were carrying his gear because of <laughs> the miles they wanted to do. He was like, no, no. So um, but there are there are clearly like exceptions to 
the bell curve, they're way, way, way out of way past like four standard deviations. So anyway, I, but I, that, that story stuck in my head as soon as I read that. It was kind of funny. Um, so there's that. Um, oh, the cocaine hippos back in the news, the cocaine hippos. This might be um, a reoccurring theme today. Yes. A little foreshadowing, but yeah. go ahead. The uh, Columbia plans to fly dozens of its cocaine hippos um, to India and Mexico. Um, and so, again, just coming Mexico. up. Yeah, what's yeah, Mexico? <laughs> they're flying them well, to like, like different, uh, what are those called? Like sanctuaries or places where they can house them, where they have the habitats for them. They're not mm. going to be out in the wild. I think they're yeah. going to be in sanctuaries, basically, or zoos and things like that. So. Hmm. so basically there are 130 to 160 hippos currently and escobar started with three females and one male and now there's 130 to 160 and a study a study uh warned that their numbers could balloon to up to 1500 within two decades so in 20 years they're saying that there could be 1500 hippos in Colombia. And the problem is like all the things that we've talked about in mm. previous shows, like all of their defecation messes with the, you know, the natural biomes of the different primal defecation, yes, the primal defecation uh, messes with the, you know, the, the eco, the aquatic ecosystem that they live in. They eat, you know, a huge Everything. share of the plant life. Yeah. I mean, it's just they're not native to that area and they're giant creatures that consume a lot of food. So But the people think they're cute. Some people think they're cute. It's just like here in, in Salida. Like there's a lot of town people that are like, oh, save the town deer. Oh man. And then there's like other more callous people that are like, let's just kill them all. They don't belong here. You know? I, I think we had need to have one night where we uh, release <laughs> like 30 mountain lions into the town limits <laughs> and everybody has to stay inside. Wasn't there a movie kind of like this? You got to stay inside and lock your doors. And then the mountain lions go, they run rampant. And they do what they need to do. And then 8 a.m. the next morning, everybody can go back outside. They have to. So I, I just want to say, we, we actually have one of those co cocaine hippos coming here. No. Not, not to Boulder. Um, oh. To my house. Oh, to your yeah. house. Yeah. I, um, are, you talking about my, are you talking about my upcoming visit? No. I've been in contact <laughs> with the Colombian government. And um, with help from the trail show donations, oh. I have secured the rights to a cocaine hippo and we have excavated my backyard and built a giant my glass hand. terrarium that we have filled with swamp water. Oh. And yeah, we're, and, and we've got like some heat going on in there and we're gonna have a cocaine hippo and we're gonna charge admission into our backyard for people to come uh, take a look at and for extra fees potentially feed the cocaine hippo mm. so, how yeah. much would it cost to mess with the hippo's nostrils that's what i want to do extra i haven't really thought about that yet you know i have my business partners we haven't discussed you know okay. how much it might cost to tease the cocaine hippo's nostril nostrils but you know for the a family of four who would like to come in and see the cocaine hippo from a safe distance behind uh, a plate glass wall uh it'll be about 150 dollars that seems reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. 
like per <laughs> hour what are we talking? a lot of upkeep. per visit i mean you, you know okay. we kept it you know i mean how long are you going to stand and look at a yeah, hippo right exactly. yeah it's like, come on in money, for a couple hours stays for the cocaine. Or are you going to do an art sketch of the hippo it's we could talk just the know? nostrils okay. yeah just the how nostrils. about okay. yoga with hippos <laughs> With baby, with baby hippos. That's, that's a bolder that's, thing, that's, man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. And just huh. think about how much urine a hippo would produce. Well, it's all going to be kind of like recirculated into the swamp water ah, that okay, we're having okay, uh, okay. pumped into the backyard and stuff. So. All right, I'm going to whack cool. the tubes yeah. now. Yeah, cocaine hippos, my backyard. Trust your nation awesome. to be the first to know. Was um, there another story, P.O.D.? The, yes, our third and final story of the evening. Snow shuts down Yosemite. Oh. So this is from a couple of weeks ago. Some parts of Yosemite received up to 15 feet of snow and the park is closed indefinitely. Um, as of the taping of the show. What about show, the PCT hikers? On, what about my hike? The PCT, on man. March Are they going to open it for my hike? Which is also Pi Day, PS. Um, 314. Yep. 3.14159. Uh, there was a, an additional snowstorm this past weekend, I believe, in Cali. So, I mean, what about the people with March permits that are? Yeah, already what about on the March trail? permits? I'm telling you, man, start trail, buying man. those. Start buying those clipboards. It's the only thing. <laughs> oh, we'll have so... to talk about that later. I think we have a we have a trail show question. Oh, that's... okay. That's questioning the necessity of clipboards. So we'll have to okay. we'll have to revisit the clipboard issue a little bit later in the show. Real okay. quick, I want to tip in on POD's um, closing of Yosemite Park. So I watched a video today that featured a community near Big Bear, which is one of the early PCT trail towns. Um, I think you go through Idlewild first, and then you hit Big Bear before you get to Wrightwood. So Big Bear is in the first month of your hike. There is a community near Big Bear that has been snowed in for two weeks until the last couple of days. There were homes under snow completely vehicles under snow completely and some people hadn't been able to leave their homes in two weeks until a couple days ago so it's not just the sierra it's also those sky island those yeah, mountain communities totally. that are in southern california well south of kennedy meadows in the sierra so yeah we'll discuss that also later in okay. the show okay <clears throat> pct hikers might want to plan b c or d okay yeah. beauty any other trail news i think that's pretty much it okay yeah. perfect well i think uh we're just in time for our wild card segment this month we're going to be having friend of the trail show shira come on here shortly to talk to us about her new business venture is shira yes. in the waiting room beauty she's not there yet um, well and if I'm sorry, but we're going to have to cancel the interview. Um, maybe uh, we can try again out. next month. It's seven o'clock sharp or or no go. Because we so. certainly started on time. Let's go straight into Ask a Hiker. With, no, um, <laughs> just, just kidding. It's way too early for Ask a Hiker. Way too early. Way too early. You um, can see the daylight outside. That was so great. Too yeah, we early. can't do Ask a Hiker until it's hiker. dark. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of a rule. Uh, should I talk about Cocaine Bear? Quick media review? Sure. Sure. Okay. So this is a nice segue from the cocaine hippos. I went and did something for Trail Show Nation so that Trail Show Nation wouldn't have to. 
Uh, it's the first movie I've seen in a theater post-pandemic. It brought me out of retirement, people. The name of this movie is Cocaine Bear. And if you haven't heard about it, you need to go watch a trailer on YouTube immediately. But an amazing documentary. It is. It's an epic adventure, Triple O. And it is based on true events, which is actually more interesting than this ridiculous movie that I saw. But in the, the mid-1980s, okay, spoiler alerts for all those who, who don't want to hear about the cocaine bear. You know, turn turn your volume down for the next couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there don't was a, listen to the trailer show. There was a drug agent in Tennessee that flipped and became a drug smuggler. He parachuted out of an airplane with bags of cocaine, and he didn't make it. I mean, he made it to the ground, but he didn't live to tell the tale. He died on the way down, and all the cocaine he jumped out of the plane with went everywhere, including into wooded areas in Tennessee and apparently Georgia. So the interesting part about this movie is that it took place right around Blood Mountain in Chattahoochee Ooh. National Forest. And this has an Appalachian Trail connection. Now, I don't know where it was actually filmed, but Blood Mountain Visitor Center was featured prominently in the movie multiple times. And the long short of it is the bear, there's a bear, a full-grown, as full-grown as a black bear can get, as big as a black bear can get, of course. There's a bear that gets into the cocaine that fell out of the plane and becomes addicted to the cocaine and needs more and more and more. And when the bear is high on cocaine, he likes to attack people. And the only way that people can get the bear to leave him alone is to throw him cocaine that's, you know, off to the side so that, to distract him because he just wants the cocaine. The bear does some damage to both man and woman and to the father and his two elementary school sons sitting behind me that left 20 minutes in. Uh, Future father of the year. um, Just a word of advice from the trail show. If the movie's rated R and it has cocaine in the title, you might want not want to take your eight and 10 year old to the movie. Okay. I'm just spitballing here, but that's probably why you left. Because the language is foul, the jokes are foul, there's blood, there's gore, and you brought your eight-year-old into the movie theater to see this. Why? Why did you do it? And I would also say there was at least 15 people in that theater that were age 12 or under. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I know times have changed and people things are more progressive and all. Christy Nome, like, South Dakota. This is Christy yeah, Nome, South Dakota. Christy Nome, South Dakota. Went and saw the movie in Rapid City, <laughs> and uh, God, I don't. Anyway, Cocaine yeah. Bear. Did um, anyone have bear spray in the movie? <laughs> they should have. They should have, <laughs> man. I. You know, I remember when I saw the Blair Witch Project back in 1999, I was a little nervous to camp in the woods. But after seeing the cocaine bear, <laughs> I actually I, I can't wait to get out in the woods again. I mean, this this had the opposite effect on me. Like, there's no telling what you might find out in the woods. Watch it if you dare. 
Uh, I appreciate that you went and bore that cross for the rest of the show. I bore the cross for Trail Show Nation so that you don't have to. And thanks, Trail Show Nation, for paying for my matinee movie ticket. I really appreciate it. <laughs> All right, we have a Matt special Knight. guest. Your donations now. are plummeting <laughs> as we speak. We, we have a special guest now, friend of the Trail Show, has been on the show before. Her name is Shira. She's coming on to talk about a business venture that she's just started. Uh, Pod, can you go ahead and let her out of the waiting room and onto the Zoom? <laughs> she is not there, and so I'm starting oh boy, to wonder I'm... if she has not considered the time change. So I just texted her. Well, she is on Pacific time, and we are not. That's correct. So I'm afraid um, we're just going to have to cancel the interview and uh, start with Trilla, uh, tr- uh, Ask a Hiker with Mike DiLorenzo. <laughs> it's still daylight out. Oh, okay. i tell you what. Let, let's, well, ladies let's, and gentlemen, it's daytime. We let's can't go to commercial. Ask a Hiker when it's daytime. Let's go to commercial. And when we yeah. come back, maybe we'll have our, our guest to talk to us about. Sounds things. good. This is Trevor Smoke It If You Got It Bowman, and I never listen to the trail show. All right, folks, we're back. D'Lo, did you have a new beverage? I do have a new beverage, by the way, and it is not a bottle of Malbec. This time, it is a bottle of Founders Breakfast Stout, a double chocolate coffee oatmeal stout. As if coffee stout and oatmeal stout weren't good enough by themselves, now you have a coffee oatmeal stout all in one. And there is a lovely picture of a baby eating out of a bowl on the on the bottle. Dude, and you here, went from Malbec to Founders <laughs> Breakfast I'm, Out. Oh yeah, this is how I roll oh, on a journey. God. Tuesday yeah. night, baby. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Coming at you with the back of the label of the Founders Breakfast Out at a whopping sixteen point six alcohol by volume. I'm sorry, I'm seeing double already, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. It's only it's only eight point three. Eight point three percent ABV, sixty IBUs. This coffee lover's consummate beer. Brewed with an abundance of flaked oats, bitter and imported chocolates, and two types of coffee. This stout has an intense, fresh roasted Java nose, topped with a frothy cinnamon colored head that goes forever. And yeah, there it is. Founders breakfast out. Yep, I thought you were going to keep going. Uh, Yeah, I I was going to read. I mean, I was bottled on January eighteenth, twenty twenty-three. Yeah, that's all I got. Wow. Founders is from Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's right. The home state of our one and only Princessa of De la Oscuridad. Yeah. De la Oscuridad. See. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Dila. We appreciate that. Yes, thank you, Dila. Well, we as as much as we would love to hear more 
beer bottle labels read. Um, we're really excited and honored to have Renee Shira Patrick on today to talk about her new consulting business, Renee Patrick Consulting, Long Distance Trails for an Engaged Future. Shira, thank you for joining us today. I'm so thrilled to be here once again with the trail show. Well, I know that you have been over the last couple of years, we've, we've, we've been, you know, kind of spying on you and you've talked to the trail show. And I know that you've done some obscure trails. You've put some trails back on the map. You've helped do some recon for some different trails. And I know that you've done some trail development. So it makes sense that you're bringing all this it's culminating and the zit is about to pop. Right. So um, it has popped. <laughs> yes. So tell us about your new your new venture. Like, what is it about? What are you doing? Give us the nuts and bolts. Sure. Yes. So I really wanted to pull on all the everything you explained there, Peyote, all my work over the years. And actually, it's been when I think about it, it's been over 20 years of just gathering new skills, trying this out, following my curiosity. And it turns out I have a lot to offer the trail community, the trail nation. Um, so nice. everything from my um, college background with graphic design and writing. And so I've been integrating graphic design and writing and all these different careers to like starting my first long distance hike 21 years ago now, AT class of 2002. Um, and then I tried lots of other things like leading trail crews, um, working with with youth education, with wilderness therapy, with Outward Bound, working as an ambassador with different companies with the Continental Divide Trail, working as a freelancer, starting Hiker Trash, the brand, and trying to just stay engaged with the hiking community. Um, so really the last seven years now, I've been developing the Oregon Desert Trail, really loving the, the next step in engaging hikers in conservation issues that are affecting these trails that we're hiking. And so the Blue Mountains Trail, when that was being developed and I was on last year to talk about, they wanted that. They saw like that is an opportunity to reach maybe a new set of environmental advocates to really engage the people who are spending so much time out there. So it was really sort of a ding, ding, ding. Oh, if I, if, if people want this, if there's these few um, trails I've been helping, I think other trails uh, might want to be more intentional with engaging hikers with environmental issues, but also that set aside, just making sure the hikers have all the resources they need to be successful. And so I found myself creating maps, creating data books, putting together my own sort of guidebook narratives based on what I could glean because it didn't exist. And I wanted to hike this thing. And this is, so I created the resources I wanted. So again, I'm thinking other trails probably, maybe they need a refresh. Maybe they need to figure out how to properly communicate with hikers, or maybe they do want to talk about the massive logging project that's going on and rerouting the trail or the fact that fire's happening every year and then floods are coming in and wiping tread out. I mean, there's so many issues affecting our trails. So I want to approach it from both directions, both the resource and the practical, what do people need? And then how do we engage them to take action in these places on these issues that affect each particular trail? 
Um, so I think, you know, every long distance trail has its personality, has it something mm -hmm. that makes it unique and sets it yep. apart. I really want to help trail organizations and developers like highlight that personality, tease it out, and really help create an experience that hikers can be successful with. I think that's great. Um, I, I really like that idea of like each trail has its own personality and that's for sure true, you know, the whole embrace the brutality you know, the CDT. Who made up that saying? Yeah. I thought, I think it was, uh, wasn't it Jester? <laughs> <laughs> um, I th or was I, it the Chinese? Was it either Jester or the Chinese? Uh, I yes, I don't know. it was the Chinese. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. I, and, uh, and I think that there's definitely a need for that. And as, you know, we've seen that through hiking, even if you're not going to through hike, but through hiking, long distance hiking has really taken off in this um, country only more reinforced by the pandemic but you know you see it now more and more in like mainstream like backpacker magazine and stuff where it was very fringe before so i feel like people have an awareness and you know if you're a trail developer and you don't have resources available or the map's not actually on the or the trail's not actually on the ground then you, you know you're not going to get a ton of hikers um and and i signed up you know to receive your emails uh, the trail show invested in uh, your launch. And as a result, I know I got a pretty interesting survey and I see that it's actually still on your website. So other people can um, fill it out. So um, have you looked at the results yet? And are you still awaiting people to fill out the survey? What's the website? Yes. Oh. Well, thank you for asking. The website is longdistancetrailconsulting.com. So um the survey, yes, the survey is going to be up indefinitely. Um, I've already gotten in the last week, less less than a week, about 200 entries from wow. hikers. Wow. What I'm really trying to do is understand what do people want? So my first question is, what are you looking for in a, in a long distance hiking experience? So I'm looking to really create the experience that hikers want. And this stems from the my realization that what I want might not be what everyone else wants. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let me um, try to understand the motivations of, you know, the newer hiker, maybe a lot of us have been around for a few decades hiking, you know, across the board are people, you know, what are they using? They want to use maps. They want to use apps. I think, you know, we kind of know it's, it's both, but really trying to dive into what are people concerned about? how do they want those materials what are issues they've been having and what would have made those issues better so then this is all information that i can then go to the trail organization and be like hey turns out 99 percent of the people that i've so far surveyed want to be engaged in environmental issues on the trails they hike that is a real that's what i'm seeing 99 percent said mm -hmm. they would or maybe 75% said yes, 24% said they would maybe engage with environmental issues that are impacting that particular long distance trail. So I think that is fascinating and it means there's a need, there's a, a desire for information that we're not necessarily mm -hmm. getting, we're not necessarily delivering. So I have a lot of questions, both on just the practical, what do you want in a trail? Do you use maps? How do you like to read, you know, this, that, and the other thing? And then there's the environmental aspect. 
what are you concerned about on trails? Is it drought? Is it fire? Is it loss of biodiversity? And so again, these are all um, really insightful things that I'm learning that I can then know, okay, I can help craft the, these experiences and this information and design the guidebook or maybe help influence the app makers on, okay, let's add more information on this particular subject area. So I think, you know, this is perfect because I would love um, if the Trail Show Nation would weigh in and, and fill out the survey and hopefully we can provide a link to that. But yeah, Definitely. my big goal now is to get everyone, I want everyone's thoughts and practical and like wild, crazy ideas too. Who knows what's possible if we dream big? Yeah, I, I was going to say it was interesting filling out the survey because uh, there were some questions on there that I was like, oh, I, I never thought about it, but I do. I do care about that and I do take action. So for example, when the PCT sends out a uh, mass emails like, hey, we're having this issue with this one piece of land and we need people to write letters. You know, I, I won't say I always do it, but I try to always make time to like do that simple thing. So I hadn't really thought about it before, but like maybe if a trail I'd never hiked before, so I get, an email came in my inbox like that, I'd be like, meh. I don't really know anything you know what I mean yeah. so I definitely think that there is some something to be said there and I didn't even think about that connection until I filled out your survey and then also like the Idaho Centennial Trail you know I've done a couple of weeks week-long trail maintenance projects there and a lot of that's because I wanted to hike it and then I did hike it and was like oh damn it needs like <laughs> a thousand people to do many weeks of mm -hmm. maintenance um so yeah, it was just, for me, it was interesting to fill out that survey because it made me reflect on some things that, you know, I'm doing and then why am I doing those? And I don't know, it was good. So I, I really recommend people, you're going to learn something about yourself just by filling out the survey. Shira, what type of clients are you looking for specifically? Right. So anyone who like manages a trail, a trail organization, Someone like ONDA, the Oregon Natural Desert Association, we're not a trail organization, but we're managing a long distance trail. It could be a city, it could be a county, it could be a state, it could be a tourism agency. Basically, it's, uh, an entity that wants to help develop whatever that, that trail experience is. And you know, like as I'm looking and I'm gonna start you know, talking with a lot of these trail organizations, a lot of the resources, resources are sometimes third party, like this individual wrote a guidebook 10 years ago and that guidebook may not be a living document. Yeah. So it's also in the consulting is helping figure out how to create a system that can be managed and maintained. Input can be given regularly, more like a, designing a system for collecting information and then turning that into actionable data. You know, one of the biggest issues people are reporting is the resources don't reflect or are not um, totally accurate with what's on the ground. And so I even saw this last year when I was hiking on the AT, I was using the Far Out app, but there were things, you know, that weren't updated. There were new uh, hostels and hmm. different sort of things happening with the shelters and it's like almost impossible to keep things updated in real time so it's thinking gotcha you know i don't necessarily have the answer but maybe together we can like come up with 
something that's giving the hikers the information they need when they need it. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I am going to be chatting with as many hikers I can get to get their input and um, really try to dive in. And I want to work, you know, I love our trails in the U.S., but I'd love to work internationally as well. So, um, you know, trails that need a new guidebook or trails that need to understand how are hikers engaging with this? Where are they going for information? And can we make well, it a more seamless the trail, sh- trail show has a very far international reach. <laughs> so I'm sure that just from this interview, you're going to get many solicitations. Inundated. Yeah, inundated, you know. Um, well, that's why I wanted to go here first. And that's right. We got, scoop. we got the scoop. Um, Well, I think it's pretty exciting work what you're doing. Um, And I I think it's great that there's a market for this at this point, that there's so much going on and there's so much enthusiasm around these things. Uh, Sad that we have to, you know, be fighting for environmental protections around our trail corridors, but that's the way things are. Um, I'm thinking that it would be cool to check in with you, you know, in, you know, after the summer season or in fall, whatever. And to just see like what work has come of this. What are the environmental issues that you're um, grappling with? What are some of the trail systems that you've been working with? Um, and maybe we can even get some new trail ideas, you know, for the show, new trail of the month and yeah. link up with some other hikers that have done those things, you know? It's, it's just a really exciting time and that there's, there's a t- people are now shooting me these trails. Like, have you heard of this one? Have you heard of this one? You need to look at the there are so many trails I've never even heard of. It's really kind of um, incredible. There's a lot of momentum in the trails community to both build and reclaim trails. And even um, in Oregon, so there's a little bit of a scoop here. Um, Oregon's been working on a signature trails uh, recognition. And so there's 15 trails just in Oregon, long distance trails that the state is highlighting and the Oregon Desert Trail and the Blue Mountains Trail is one, two of those 15, but it's like, well, the other 13, maybe I can work with, you know, and that's just in, in our state. Yeah. Very cool. That's incredible. The website is longdistancetrailconsulting.com and we're going to put a link up directly to the survey and we would encourage Trail Show Nation to go answer a few questions. Yep. It doesn't take long. Some feedback. Yeah. Watch out out for that trail show bump. That's right. (laughs) And before we lose you here, Shira, I just want to take a look at this historic moment where the number of females equals the number of males on the trail show. This is is that a first? Is that a first ever? Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe one time when Fidget was on, I feel like Bobby was also there. Well, we had Fidget, Fidget and, and Neon. Yeah, we had Fidget and Neon. Yeah, in, but we also out of had house. Yeah. But we also had Disco, Out of Order, oh, yeah. D-Lo. Yeah, so there's four of us. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Five, yeah. five males. <sighs> I'm honored to be here for this historic moment. Yeah. <laughs> historic <laughs> moment on the trail. Should somebody <laughs> capture a screenshot of this? Uh, yeah, maybe I'll do that right now. I'm yeah, that's a great idea. Screenshot. Here, I'll do I'll do this while you're doing the screenshot. <laughs> well, I can't see your face. Oh, you don't need to because I'm. Yeah, just his hands. Uh, I got one with your face. Uh-huh. Okay. So. All right. Cool. Very cool. Thank um, you very much, Trail Show. 
Awesome, Shiro. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm excited to check in with you later on down the road. And oh, oh wait, before you go, before, oh. before you go, yes. do you have any advice that you would like to share with our PCT oh, class of 2023 Nobo hikers? Bring skis. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's great advice. Let's because, leave it right there. <laughs> yeah, we'll let you we'll let you in on a little bit of uh, uh, upcoming branding change for the trail show. But uh, starting in around April first, twenty twenty three, we're no longer going to be the trail show. We're going to be the skiing show. <laughs> so yeah, just so for the PCT. So this, this is year. this is great. Yeah. This is a great advice. This is a great segue. We're adapting we might, to our market. Yeah, yeah. we this might isolate. We might yep. isolate that that question, that leading question of mine and your <laughs> fantastic response and use that in our next segment. So maybe that could be the episode. opener. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it oh wow, we're onto something here. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much. Yeah, bring skis because oh my God, there's so much snow. <laughs> there's yep. 50 the base depth at I-80 right now is 15 feet of snow. Oh, there's wow. is that Donner feet Pass? Of snow. Yeah, Donner Pass at uh, the Sierra Snow oh Lab, which is just a few miles downhill from where the PCT crosses I-80. I was looking today. There is 15 feet of snow on the ground. I didn't right that's cross. like compacted snow. I didn't yes, cross that's compacted 15 snow. There's feet 15 of snow when I hiked the PCT. You just like hang out on top of it, man. You just like walk oh, across. God. You're just you're not going to be post and It's just like a mass of snow, you know, like, I don't know. It might actually be kind of not bad hiking, really. Yeah, but it's going to be rotten by then. It's going to be yeah, horrible. Maybe. I don't know. Can you imagine? Maybe. The sun cups are going to be like, you know, Bold. giant <laughs> cauldrons. Oh sun cauldrons. They're going to be sun cauldrons. <sighs> yeah. We'll get into anyway. that later. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Well, thanks again, Shira. Uh, right. Thank you. Talk good to night. you in a few months. Okay. Enjoy Bye. the snow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. We're going right into our trail of the month back again once again she was on the show last month we have katie salty gerber salty I'm how better. are you yes i'm great yes how are you guys just happy to be here very well yeah sounds like you just wrapped up a fun interview just got the tail end of it yeah smiles. yeah yep. yeah definitely shira she's always out there doing great stuff absolutely yeah well we're stoked to have you back on the show tonight to talk about the grand canyon traverse which we sort of hinted around last month and it's too, too big of a topic to just like, how was your trip? You know, it's, it's, you can't just ask that one question and get a 30 second answer and move on. So this is our trail of the month for the March episode. And um, so I'll start with the first question. How was your trip? <laughs> uh... <laughs> It was everything. Good. <laughs> Good. It was hard. I cried. I smiled. <laughs> oh boy. Things. Okay. Let's let's start at the with the nuts and bolts. Where did you start and finish? And how long were you out there? Yes. So um so I hiked with Dirtmonger and we started uh, at Lee's Ferry um on the east oh, yeah. side of Grand Canyon. And then we hiked um, all the way to uh, the Grand Wash Cliffs, essentially across from uh, Pierce Ferry on the far west side of the canyon at the end of the um, National Park, and all on the north side of the river and all beneath the rim, except for like a really small section where we had to pop up because we got snowed on, um, but the intention was to stay under the rim. And, and all on all different layers, not not down by the river the whole time and not up near the rim the whole time, just kind of like weaving throughout the layers where we could find our way. 
So How it ended long? up being, yeah, about, um, so uh, mileage wise, neither of us tracked it with our GPX, but what we mapped um, was like roughly, I think we mapped about 450 miles, but we estimate that we hiked probably closer to like 575 or 600. Wow. Um, yeah. And so it took us 35 days total. Um, we did it in um, like three little chunks because I had to go guide um, during the middle of it. So I left and went to West Virginia and guided for two weeks and came back. Um, did he just yeah. stay on trail while you were gone for those two weeks? He like, went to he Hawaii just like, with his family. Uh, oh, okay. I thought maybe he was just like, he was just like sitting what? in a camp. Just, just waiting. sat there. Like, yeah, he's like hanging. Just like, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to leave trail. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to maintain this momentum. No. He went to Hawaii. He went to Hawaii. That's a hell of a side trip. Yeah. yeah. He like lounged by the pool while I was guiding. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So um, we started in late September uh, and then ended up finishing in mid-November. Wow. And I think wow. I said this, but yeah, it took us 35 days of actual hiking. I was just going to ask how much trail was there? How much actual was, trail was there? Um, I believe like nine miles of actual maintained trail um oh out of the God. entire time there was um so there was also like sections that were really nice they weren't officially maintained trail but they were routes that enough people had hiked through there so like the tuck up trail was like on, on and off intermittently it like was really good trail but then it would just completely disappear for a while so it was not to be relied upon but you could find like chunks of really good trail in there um, and then there were, there was one section, um, right past that, uh, near Torah Weep that we hiked a little bit of like old ranching road, which was really easy walking. Mm. Obviously. Did you yeah. say the tuck up trail? Yeah. The tuck up trail. That's a good name. Yeah. Lots of good names out there. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So yeah. So, so not, not a lot of maintained trail. <laughs> so it was a lot of route finding. It was a lot of just navigation and did you use yeah. digital tools to help you navigate or was the navigation kind of straightforward because you could see things there aren't many trees in the Grand Canyon well it was pretty complex navigation so we did use we did use digital tools we also had a map carried map set with us um it was really what was interesting about it was learning all the different properties of the rock because you're going through all these different layers that are made up of different types of rock. And some of them have like breaks through them where you can get between one layer um, to another, but others like the red wall um, are almost like impenetrable. So if we got cliffed out at a layer, like you would be, you know, hiking along and then there's these side, these tributary canyons where there's these side ravines coming in and you would have to go sometimes like a mile or two to go all the way back and head the side ravine. And then to come back to like where the main river corridor was and when you did that, you might get like clipped out. So you might go around a corner and then all of a sudden you can't go up or you can't go down. So you backtrack and you find a break in the cliffs and you go down and you try to find your way or you go back and you go up. Um, so it was, it was quite challenging, like macro navigation, you know, like, where are we going? Like pretty easy. Like, okay, we're going West. We're following this gigantic river. Um, but like the micro navigation, like the route finding um, was pretty challenging at times just to figure out like which layer we needed to be on are we going to be able to get to the river because you're like right there and you can see the river and maybe it's, you know, 40 feet or a hundred feet or something below you, but you can't get down to it for miles and miles and miles. And Were miles there any moments of like panic where you kind of found yourself 
trying to get out of one of those breaks to go up and then finding yourself cliffed out again and then being unable to get back maybe the way you could because things looked a little different was there any moment of like fear or panic like that where it's like oh uh oh where uh you know definitely yeah there were definitely a lot of instances where we were like are we about to do something stupid because there's a lot of times when you could climb something but you're getting into like mid-fifth class and we're like you this is not what yeah, yeah you can yeah. you can't get back down if you get wow. out once right, or, right. Yeah, if you can't keep going up um so we really had to like if we were really forcing something we just like would both be like hey we need to pause for a minute and like collect ourselves and probably backtrack at this point yeah. um so there were a lot of instances like that uh but we we knew that there had to be a way through like if we we would backtrack you know and find either way up or a way down um wait why yeah, why did there need to be a way through? Well, we, we'd known, I mean, people have done not this. I mean, there's been people who have done this before. I think, I don't know the exact number at this point, somewhere between like 20 and 50 people who've hiked the length of the Canyon before. Um, not just, but everyone takes a different route. So mm-hmm. we knew at some point, like we would be able to find a way through, um, and that we should be able to do it without, uh, having to do any like roped climbing um so that's what that's what i mean by that like we knew there that we had there had to be a, a route where we could yeah. like back up and go mm-hmm. up or back up and go down was there any nano navigation, nano navigation. we talked about micro and macro <laughs> yeah we talked about macro are those not common ways of describing navigation that's just how i no. think about it like no you know, that's great like broad navigation and yeah like where you're actually putting yeah. your feet um no i like did it you, did you see any pink rattlesnakes i did see some pink rattlesnakes i was shocked at how, like they're actually pink they blended yeah. with the, the canyon rock so well yeah they're only in the grand canyon i, I believe <laughs> oh yeah. really <laughs> yeah they're, they're, they're scarily specific to the canyon? good at, good at blending in the canyon yes hmm. they are but this is a, a critical uh question is were you able to yogi any food from river trips along the way we got we were, were fortunate enough to meet one rafter who gave us some food but the rest of the time they the so we were late enough in the season that um all the commercial trips had stopped at like the beginning of october so there were still some private trips out there but like a lot less than you know what there would have been earlier in the season but the thing was like they were so far away from us like we would be yeah. like you know in the middle layers of the canyon and we see these rafts going by and we're like we know you oh, have man. food too much food like cases of beer (laughs) and we would like you know of course like hikers do like conjure up these stories of like okay maybe in like you know six (laughs) hours when we get down to like the side canyon they'll actually be there tonight um but it just never worked out or like we would be on one side of the river and we would see like a rafting party across the river so it's like oh talk to us us about the resupply because the what you're just talking about now sounds like you got a little hungry and who doesn't but talk to us about the resupply because was that easy did you have to hide cash things in the desert did you flag down jeepers back on the rim did you hijack boats what did you do hijack boats pirates (laughs) yeah how did did you resupply Uh, yeah we so we cached food food and water so we had three different caches um the first one we didn't actually end up using because um dirtmonger got like a heat illness situation. So we had to hike out before that. So I hiked in and got that cash and just carried it back out, which was awful because we had like hiked it in oh. multiple hours the previous, like, like three days Brutal. prior, we had hiked it in. 
And then we had to leave before we actually got to it. So I had to hike in and just like hike both of our caches of eight days food each out oh my on my God. back. Oh no. Um, it was fine. Um, but then we had two other caches um, that we actually were able to, to utilize later on. Um, so I think our, our food carries were anywhere from uh, like six days to our longest one was 12 days. Horrible. 12 days that's longer wow that's, it, that's... it was it was yeah it was long enough because that was so that was leaving Tora weep and we had and water was even more scarce than it was in the rest of the canyon and so we had um what was it, it was two gallons each so eight liters each and what we had planned to be was like 10 to 11 days of food but which actually took us 12 days to get to the end because the travel was so much slower than even what we anticipated. Like we knew it would be slow and then it was even slower than slow. I mean, one one mile per hour. Yeah. Heavy pack and, and just no trail and you're tiptoeing over cacti and you're backtracking. And that was one of the biggest lessons was just like hold expectations very loosely. Like in the beginning, we're like, Oh, we're going to get to this side Canyon. That's, you know, 14 miles away and we would make it eight you know, and that happened day after day. And so very quickly we were like, what, oh, okay. Would you describe this as type one, type two, or type three fun? Uh, I think, I mean, it was all of it at different times. There were times it was absolutely like enjoyable in the moment, but a lot yeah. of it was, was painful for sure. And was, it was oh not, not painful, just, but well, yeah, painful. <laughs> it was challenging. Um, what yeah, was your longest water fun. carry? Um, I know I was trying to think about that before we got on here today. I think it was somewhere, man, I'm going to guess it was around like 25 or 30 miles. Um, we were constantly, I would so I'll say the, like the most we carried was probably that, like the eight liters. That was what the capacity okay. that we each carried. Um, but we were rationing multiple times. And like a lot of times in between that, like in between like decent sources, we might find like a little puddle, like a pothole or something and just like top off half a liter at a time. So it's hard to say. Um, if we, you know, we didn't actually go that far without any water sources, but like no good sources where, you know, we would go 30 or more miles. We were very lucky though. I will say we had some, it was a really strong monsoon. So we hiked this last fall and last summer, if you guys remember, it was a really good monsoon season. Um, and we had, so the potholes were all like very, uh, well-stocked when we got there. And then we had a couple good storm systems that came through while we were down there. Which was really lucky because there were areas that we never would have found water um, had those storm systems not come through. You know that you've gone to a different level of hiker when you're like, we're so lucky because all the potholes were full. (laughs) We should explain what a pothole is for those. We should. Yeah, we should. Some people may not know what that is. Yes. Um, So um, like essentially depressions or holes in the rock that form in like the sandstone out there um, from like water wearing away. And so when you get a lot of moisture, whether it's rain or snow or whatever it is, uh, the water will collect in the potholes and it will stay there for up to maybe even a week at a time, um, depending on how heavy the storm was. And it's, it's cool. Cause you'll see when you go to the pothole, all the animal tracks coming up to it. Uh-huh. Like it's ever, everyone is stoked. Like all the coyotes, all the birds, everyone is stoked that that water is there. Four legs and two legs. Yep. Everyone's Speaking stoked. of wildlife, let's cut to the yeah. chase, shall we? We got to get let's, into this. Let's get the, the juicy right. juice bit of this, this hike. Tell us about the encounter. Yes. That's right. The encounter. Um, yes. So I had my first, uh, and hopefully my last, uh, up close and personal encounter with a mountain lion. 
Yeah, so so we were in the Western Grand Canyon, which is um, definitely the more remote part, and this was later in the season, and we were camped far back in a side canyon, and we had um, gotten to camp around six o'clock. It was getting dark at this point. Um, that was another cool thing about hiking late into the fall was like the really long nights. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, it's getting dark at six o'clock, so we both just like set up on this big slab of slick rock, probably about 30 feet away from each other. Um, there was a, a ravine, like a steep ravine going down into the, the side canyon on one side of us. And then pretty far, like hundreds of feet away from us, was like the canyon walls of the next layer going up on the other side of us. There's kind of this travel corridor through here that was pretty wide. So we set up on this big slick rock. We, you know, whatever, eat our dinners, lay down to go to sleep at like, you know, 6.30, 7 o'clock, like you do <laughs> when, it's, when it's already dark at that time. And so I was just laying there, uh, you know, looking at the stars and decided I was going to treat myself to like 15 minutes of a, um, some music or a podcast because we had to be really careful about our, our battery usage since we were going, you know, 10 plus days between resupplies and desperately needed to have this for our, our GPS. So anyways, I was going to treat myself. So I sat up so that I could get my headphones out of the stuff sack that I was using as a pillow. And as I did, I heard something shift, like a rock shift behind me and remembered thinking like, oh, that was like something large-ish, like probably a mountain, probably like a bighorn sheep or something like that, or like a a deer or something. And then I thought, I'm just not going to look. I'm just going to put my headphones in and lay back down. (laughs) That's very salty. That's a very salty (laughs) move. I'm not going to (laughs) look. Here's how I'm going to justify it. Uh, is that you can't get so paranoid about all the noises yes. because you would just never like sleep out there. So I'm That's kind true. of was just like used to being like, oh, it's a noise. You know, I thought if I hear it again, maybe I'll turn around. So I lay back down. I hit play and my music hadn't gone more than 10 seconds when I felt something coming towards me. Like that feeling like you feel oh. something before you see it. I felt uh-huh. it. I turned my head and there was something about two or three feet off the ground walking directly towards me. And I could see, even at that moment, there's like a big uh, tail, like a big <laughs> C-curve tail off to the oh side of it. God. And without even thinking, I, I sat straight up. And as soon as I did, it like immediately changed course. So it was within 10 feet of me when I sat up and it changed course because I think I startled it and it walked out in front of me about 20 feet and it just sat down. And as it walked in front of me, it went through like this beam of moonlight and I saw the unmistakable high uh, tail end of a mountain lion with its big long tail with the black tip on it and then it walks out there and it sits down in front of me and it's just staring straight back at me when I see it's like little pointy ears and it's sitting like a house cat like right on its like like right on its haunches basically yeah. with its paws straight out in front of it and it's just staring at me oh. and my mind is just racing like oh my god oh my god I know exactly what I just saw there's no doubt about what I just saw <laughs> And so I, I put on my headlamp and I, I'm like fumbling with the light and I turn on the light and I shine and I'm like, yep, it's a mountain lion. It's shiny eyes are like shining right back at me. And so I shout over to, to Dirtmonger and I was like, Ryan, Ryan. He was like, what? And he knew immediately in my voice, something was up. And I was like, there's, what is, I was like, there's a big cat right in front of me. And he's like, what? Shine your light on it. So I shine my light and he's like, oh my God. So he jumps up <laughs> and he starts putting his shoes on and he starts screaming at it. And it's not going anywhere. And he's walking towards me to get like between me and the mountain lion, basically. 
and he's shouting, it's not going anywhere. It's just staring at him. And then wow. so in the meantime, I'm putting my shoes on so that I can stand up and I'm like shaking my pot at it to rattle and like make loud noises like you do and like act really big and shout at it because that's what I've always learned is like, oh, they're elusive. They'll want to, you know, just act big. Just make sure you don't look like uh, you're prey to them and they'll run away and it's not going anywhere. And so we're screaming louder. And finally, like, so we scream louder and it like gets down into pounce position. And we're like, oh God, that's not what we wanted to happen. <laughs> so we stop screaming and it backs up. And then, so it moves from like where it is 20 feet in front of us. And it goes over on this like sandy um, sort of little like rise that's over in that travel corridor. And it's probably like a hundred feet away now. And we can't really see it that well because it's dark out and it's just moonlight, but we, we were shining our lights over there. And we will catch its eyes gleaming back at us from like one spot in the bushes and then it'll disappear. And then we see the eyes pop up another spot in the bushes and it's not going away. And we, and so we're like, get out of here, get out of here. Meanwhile, we're like, what the, what the F do we do? Right? Like we can't put on our packs and start walking for lots of reasons. First of all, we're probably going to trigger its chase instinct. It, we're off trail yeah. <laughs> like a giant like ravine <laughs> yeah. and like cacti everywhere like we can't go anywhere um, and it's night so it's nighttime and it's nighttime yeah and so we're like okay we're not doing that so we're just gonna like keep watching it keep yelling at it hope that it goes away and in the meantime like I I we're like okay I'm gonna set up one of our shelters we're both gonna get inside of that like maybe the shelter is gonna confuse it it's gonna go away because it's not really being aggressive towards us mm. but it's not going away so I'm setting the shelter up. Ryan is watching the mountain lion. The mountain lions is staring at me as I'm like collecting rocks, trying to set up a shelter on slick rock, which is, you know, annoying because you have to like oh, tie geez. out all the corners. <laughs> You're not staking anything out. I'm like forgetting how to like tie all my knots. And I'm just like fumbling to get this thing, this shelter set up. I finally do. And um, he has continued to like occasionally yell at it. And then he looks over and he sees this little set of eyes near the ground, like kind of behind where we were. So the cat's in front of us and, and this little set of eyes is like off to the side of us. And he's like, oh my gosh. And we both realize this has to be a cub that's over there. Like at first he's like, oh, I wonder if that's like a raccoon or something. And then we're both like, no, it's like, it must, it has to be its cub. That's why she's not going away. And that's why, yeah, that's, that's why like, as we're screaming, it's just not going anywhere. Um, because before that, yeah, even before he'd seen that, the the little eyes over there, he tried yelling again and it would just get down in pounce position and like come closer to us. So being aggressive didn't work. Ugh. Anyways, we noticed the cub eyes. I get the shelter set up. I get all of our stuff thrown in there. I jump in there and like things have kind of like um, de-escalated a little bit. Like no one's really moving basically. Uh, and then, so he decides that he's going to get in the shelter as well. And like, right, right before he gets in, he looks over and the little eyes disappeared and then the big eyes disappeared and we didn't see them anymore. And so like both of us smashed into like my one person shelter and we're like peering out the edges of the mesh to like <laughs> see if we see anything walking through the moonlight. And I'm like pressed up against like the side wall, just yeah so uncomfortable and like also like replaying the situation in my head over and over again um just thinking like what if I wouldn't have sat up or like what what was what was about to happen you know what just did happen um but that was it we didn't see them anymore and then the next morning um, we 
we stayed in the shelter until it was completely light out. We're like, okay, we're, we're not going to be no like dawn hiking today. Yeah. Um, and then we saw all the cat prints like all around us in the sand wow. when we were leaving camp. Yeah. Oh. So hmm. that was the encounter. Oh, wow. salty. Oh. That's horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Really. I mean, that's amazing after the fact. Yeah. But wow. Yeah. Mm. I would have had to sleep in shifts. <laughs> like you keep watching. Yeah, I was about oh, to say you got your best night's sleep shift. ever that night. I'm sure. I did not sleep a wink. Yeah. yeah, between being uncomfortable, being a one-person shelter with like a six-foot-tall, six-foot-five person, and like having a some mountain seen a mountain lion. Yeah. All you was needed no was sleep. Olga there having a night terror, and that would have really <laughs> the icing on the cake. Oh God, yeah, it would have been a good distraction. Oh. Um, yeah, it's something I've never thought a lot about when I've cowboy camp before i've thought about rattlesnakes thought about spiders thought about you know bears even but i've not really thought about mountain lions before so i think it was just she was curious came over to take a look and then when i start i sat up i startled her and we accidentally got you know put myself between her and her her cub because we were just in there like sort of maybe normal corridor of travel overnight yep um but yeah I think you've done some great marketing to get people out there on the Grand Canyon Traverse with that story. There's going to be hundreds of people now. That oh yeah, that can't and wait the, that to and get the out food there. caches, the nano <laughs> navigation, the I mean, water carries. I think we're going to have a trail show bump come this probably August, <laughs> probably in August. I think is when you'll probably yeah. see the most people yeah, out there on the Traverse. Yeah, July or August. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Well, salty. We're glad you made it back. Um, yeah yeah it's, sounds like it could have gone either way there for a split second it was that way <laughs> yeah oh boy um real quick uh, you you brushed over heat illness how do you have any idea what your hottest temperature out there was how hot did it get so, for you guys i mean it was a fall right so was the fall but you know we started too early um we should have waited so we started the, the last week in september think mm-hmm. september 25th um and that was still on the early side we should have just waited until after i got back from guiding in mid-october because that first week the temperatures were projected to be in like the high 90s um and i know when we were down in the canyon you're like down in there and the air is still and it's reflecting off the rocks i i I don't doubt that it was over hundred degrees, like coming off of those rocks. Like you couldn't put your, we were climbing through all these giant boulder fields. You couldn't even put your hands on them without the hand, your hand having to like oh, wow. pull it off real quick. Cause it was that hot. Yeah. Some of them are like really dark, you know, basalt and things like that, that just like absorb that heat. Jeez. So, so yeah, probably high temperatures in the like high nineties, low hundreds, I would say. Yeah. Oh boy. And then yeah, low temperatures by the time we were finishing, I mean, we got snowed on, um, uh, probably in early November. So like wow. low twenties when we had to go. And I mean, you have to keep in mind too, we're, we're ranging in elevation from like 1500 or lower, um, up to like 8,000 when we were close to the rim. So, you know, that's when we got the coldest temperatures and we were in our, our tents freezing on those nights. So. Sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> An environment <laughs> of extremes. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't asked you about? Oh man. Um, Sounds like some microclimates. 
or some nano climate microclimate nano navigation nano climate is what you create in your tent by yourself <laughs> thinking about You've that too. <laughs> too many beans too many oh, beans boy. yep <laughs> no i i mean we touched on all the highlights it's hard to encapsulate that sort yeah, of experience sure. in um any sort of like sentiment it was i will say it was just it was really cool to be out there and immersed in um, such a grand landscape grand landscape for that long um and without i mean we didn't see any other hikers while we were out there other than like when we would come off of a main corridor trail so it truly felt like a wilderness experience and to get to like know all of the the layers and um the properties of the layers and the history of the canyon and like the plants and the animals it was it was cool it was like i felt really connected to the landscape um of course you always do when you're out there but it's something about this just it felt like it was even in a deeper way so it was really cool would you do it, it again awesome. i think i would do it again yeah um maybe i mean because there's so many different routes to get yeah. through and there's it's just it's a such it's something that like was so fascinating to me it was just like there's an entire universe below the rim that mm -hmm. so many side canyons to explore and yeah. so many different ways to get through that terrain um that it is just like endless discovery there um so yeah i i think i would i mean probably i wouldn't walk like the exact same route i don't think i could walk the exact same route um right end up doing that but yeah, I think I would. It would it it stretched me um and challenged me in so many ways and I felt like I grew a lot from it. So yeah, that would lure me back for sure. Do you have any photos up online anywhere from your hike? I do. Yeah. Um on my website I posted a couple of posts just about um like I I did a gear list and okay. um how I arranged my food and sort of a trip overview and then some like lessons. I have some photos there and then on my Instagram account I have some highlights um that show all the well the highlights just the cool photos. we'll put yeah. links to both and that way people can kind of take a peek at what what you saw while you're out there Absolutely. photos of yeah. the mountain lion i'm sure right up you know yeah. the, this is the first thing i did i was like hold still <laughs> wait no <laughs> let me get you yeah um, gotta get gotta yeah. get this on video for instagram gotta get it on the gram <laughs> oh boy um yeah it's a it's a stunning place so Yep, hundreds of photos of rocks if you want to see some rocks. <laughs> well, Salty, we want you to know that um, we're so grateful that you survived your encounter with the mountain yeah, lion. We sure. bought you a three-month supply of Cliff Builder Bars. Um, <laughs> My favorite. They're all the same flavor, too. Peanut so, butter. Yeah, peanut butter. Oh, yes, peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I actually tried to eat one again last weekend for the first time, and I was like, nope, still can't. <laughs> you can't do <laughs> Not it. yet. <laughs> yeah, you're going to. You're going to need at least a year, maybe. I think so. I think so. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, guys. That was very thoughtful of you. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Salty, thanks so much for coming on the show to tell us about your Grand Canyon Traverse. And um, yes, thanks for having me. Yeah. And have a good summer out there with Andrew Skirka, guiding trips right. and doing logistics. All right. Thanks, guys. Good Bye. Good night. Bye. All right, folks, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, We've got the rest of the show. Trip reports, rest of the show, maybe a hotline call and ask a hiker with Dilo. So don't go anywhere.
Well, this is Dylan right on Ivan's, and I never listened to the trail show. Trail show is back. We had a couple of calls this month. Triple O, can you take us to the hotline? Here it comes. Here comes the hotline. Hey, trail show. This is Brett Oil. I was actually uh, calling. I heard like a couple episodes ago, I think December, you're talking about Joseph Navrosa's pinup calendar, which is uh, quite an interesting idea there. And I've been curious to see more of it um, and like learn more about this guy. Um, so I also wanted to know, is it that picture, an inflatable bird, was he really on a swan or was he on a duck? This is quite, this makes a big difference, you know, if you're on a duck or a swan, like, I don't know, we won't know until we see the next picture of him. So well, just tuning in and like, next time we see the picture, it'll be, it'll be, I'll answer the question. And um, until then, never listen to Trail Show. P.O.D., do you have another photo from the pinup Yes, calendar? I admit that I dropped the ball in February, just like pretty much every day I'm just dropping balls left and right. But um, I promise that um, I am going to get both the February and the March photos posted before the end of March. We don't you drop say balls. That. We you drop say beans. that. But, I mean, wait till you hear this next call. Oh, uh -oh. okay. This is Joseph, obviously not Brosef. I'm just complaining about what a scam the trail show is. I was promised fame and fortune from my, your Instagram promoting my calendar, but no, nothing, absolutely nothing after one post, just months of silence. I'm so disappointed. You guys are a scam. I'm never listening to you again. Bye. Damn, we got angry hey. listeners, P.O.D. It's yep. all your fault. It's all my fault. Because um, <laughs> nobody else lives in this house. They could take pictures and post them. On hey, Instagram. I've been out of state. Ah, here we go. Here we go. He's we in go. a parking Early lot February. of a library. I'm in, I'm in a parking lot him? in they South got Dakota. No Joseph Brosive calendar oh, in that uh, library. Men have more excuses than the day is long, my friend. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, yeah, we got I get, one. I'll get caught up by the end of the month. We got one more call. Okay. Someone who calls in and is on like the Greyhound bragging about the gymnastics team because yeah. I've got to say most people they only know about the football team. Or no, the I'll team. tell you right now the Gator gymnastics team is on fire. We mm. got Trinity Thomas, one of the best gymnasts of all time in college sports. She's got more perfect tens than almost anybody ever, and we're going to win the national championship this year. Maybe, probably not, but hopefully. 
Damn, you even know the names of some well, of these gymnasts. Looking at them on the internet. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I know. Uh, Come on, man. We know. No. We, we found you out. Trinity dude. Thomas is a is a COVID senior, I think. So she's been there like sounds like a trail name. Half a he's, decade. He's reading her bio right now. Yeah, Trinity like, Thomas is a COVID senior. No, yeah, no, come on, man. <laughs> no. She's good. I'm telling you. All right, let's talk about some trip reports. Pod, it sounds like you've done a the longest hike of the four of us. So why don't well, you lead? I did some more laps on the S Mountain trails. They're a little more dry, mm. and. I did eat the spaghetti squash that I've been carrying around, so I replaced it with my backcountry Nordic ski boots, which obviously you would have those in your backpack. But uh, you, didn't, anyway. you don't have chains. You didn't put metal chains in your pack. No. And like a, a tire, you didn't. You weren't carrying. I'm sure a there's tire. other useless things. I don't even know what's in there right now. It's on the couch. I need to clean it out. But um, hmm. but I did hike 21 miles this weekend over the course of three days. And I did take a hero's dose of ibuprofen on a couple of those days <laughs> to deal with my right a hip hero's issue. Dose, eh? Right hip issue that's been going Five on. I'm, I'm happy to say, happy to say, report that. Fingers crossed. My right hip issue is not bothering me. It did not hurt at all on Sunday night after all that hiking. It didn't hurt at all on Monday morning. And I did take ibuprofen all day Sunday and Monday morning, but then I stopped. And it hasn't really been bothering me. So I feel like, fingers crossed, I'm ready. Can't stop, won't stop, bad boy. Mm-hmm. Can't stop, won't stop, bad boy. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. Well, I've been walking around the Black Hills of South Dakota in a foot and a half of snow on North Face and Slopes with 35 pounds in my pack. And about you sound half like of- my grandfather going to school every day. <laughs> I've got this app that tracks me while I'm walking, and then at the end of the day, I look at the averages, and my my average pace is around half a mile an hour. So this is what it's like when you're not but you're on a trail. Working. I know. I'm, it's not hiking. It's wandering around and painting trees. But yeah. I will say, since you're carrying 35 pounds, mm-hmm. that means that you can carry more than half the weight because usually you split things 50 I'm I'm planning on it. I'm gonna carry the tent and the oh, stuff. Oh, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. No, I was. I, I've been training for six weeks <laughs> so that I can carry your gear, Pod. Sweet. I'll just <laughs> carry a little day pack, and I'll have like a little yeah. matchy matchy outfit and some like bring a fanny pack. I, I got the rest. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. What about you two, D-Lo, Triple O, Trip Reports? Nothing. I nothing. <laughs> I I've been cross country skiing. Oh, here we go. I've, I Come on, we haven't. I mean, like that. Yet, I, mean, I don't know. Like, I haven't like stepped. I haven't stepped foot on a dirt trail since December. Um, all my trails have been snow covered. Oh, that sounds like a song. It, it's about. Oh, it it could be a all song. My all my trails have been snow covered. And yeah. Texas is a place I do but love. I think. I hate. I think it's about to change. I think that's going to change soon. Oklahoma, because because spring is coming. Spring. Let me say that. Let me say that differently. Hold on. Here we go. Spring is coming. (laughs) Should I do that? I'll do that one more time. Spring is coming. Sounds like cocaine bear. Yeah, it is. Spring is coming. I have tulips coming up in my yard. Whoa. I've I've been cleaning out the dead and long dead growth from last year that i left up for 
winter interest. Mm. Yeah, winter spring, interest. Spring cleaning. Oh yeah, cleaning out the gardens, man. Hmm. Yep, all sorts of stuff. In fact, this coming Saturday, I'm gonna put some seeds in the ground. Say what? Yep, peas. Better pet. You best plant your peas on St. Patrick's Day. If you want to know, if you want a little bit of wisdom to take mm-hmm. with you for the rest of your years, the wisdom tip is to plant peas on St. Patrick's Day. I thought you were supposed to plant potatoes on St. Patrick's Day. Maybe. Green potatoes. I don't know. Uh, right, give I peas don't... a chance. Yeah. All, All we, we are saying. <laughs> Is give peace a chance. <laughs> wow, you really teed us up for that one out of order. Oh, we are saying. My Sing children it. are upstairs. Maybe. My children are upstairs, like, what's going on? Yeah, maybe we should never going to listen again. Hari, Hari Krishna. Oh, we are saying. Okay. Hari, Hari Krishna, out of order. Over to you. Oh, I have no trips. No, what about Nothing? boats? Have you been in I boats? Did buy a, I did buy a new kayak. It's the a trails. new to me kayak. It's an old kayak, but it's new to me, which I plan to take on a water trail. Ooh. Ooh. What's that? Is that like a, is that a river? Yeah, like a river. Yes. <laughs> also known as a river. Would you call that a river? <laughs> yes. A water trail. Very nice. Are there signs along the water trail? That- Keep you on track so, so you don't get lost yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Some Blazes, of them are a lot like a conveyor belt. In fact, if you get the right river, it'll just move you along. Huh. Yeah. Hey, before we do donors, we had a very nice letter in the mailbag. Would somebody like to read it? That's not me. Sure. Dear Trail Show, longtime listener, first time writer. I have been listening to you on work commutes and strolls through Boston's urban wilds since 2015 and wanted to thank you for the years of laughs and guidance. Your show is definitely a big part of the inspiration for my and my partner's through hike, Asterix, of the Colorado Trail last summer. We skipped some miles that we heard bad things about around Twin Lakes and we took the train from Silverton from the trail to Silverton, skipping the trail from the train stop to Little Mullis Pass, so hiking valid. Totally. My partner and I had a really wonderful time, and lessons from the trail show popped up again and again on the trail. Thank you, POD, for preaching the importance of the importance of foot care. I believe that our daily foot elevation breaks definitely helped us reach the CT finish line feeling happy and healthy. Even though I suspected that hiking umbrellas were part of a long-term trail show prank, I bit the bullet and took one on the trail and cheerfully let skeptics know that we were in the number one state for skin cancer. We also took a sponge in a Ziploc, hey uh, Disco's advice, and we were able to explain important terms like mud falcon to all of our fellow hikers. <laughs> This was a wonderful and long-awaited adventure for us, and I suspect your podcast has been the inspiration for it and many other trips like this. Thank you for the years of laughs, lessons, and trail inspo. The trail show inspires us all to be ourselves no matter the feedback we get about sound effects or beer label reading. Thank you for making this effort for so many years to be the longest-running monthly hiking podcast on the planet. Before ending this letter... I do need to confess the fate of the two trail show buffs I have purchased. 
The mm. first one made a noble dis- departure as part of a splint for an injured hiker in the White Mountains. The second one turned into a last-ditch pea bandana that was devastatingly forgotten in Cowtown, though hopefully being sported by a stylish cow somewhere near Cochitopa oh. Creek. Oh, no. I hope you're all having a lovely year and finding many opportunities to get on the trail. Lots of love, trails and nonsense. Anna Bastana. Anna Bastana. Anna Bastana, yeah, clearly. Wow, thank you, Anna Bastana. Yes, That's thank you. Awesome letter. I'm glad we inspired you. We would send you a trail, a new trail bandana, but we have zero of those right. left. They are all gone. I've contemplated doing another order of them, but I never did it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, when you see the cow with one, you're going to have to. Yeah. That's your sign. Yeah. I wonder what they had heard bad things about near Twin Lakes. That's interesting to me. Well, it could could have been weather related. I mean, yeah. You know, the trail split south of there, collegiate east, collegiate west. It could have been a. They couldn't go up high. I hear that there's weather. a section there that is very poorly maintained. Ooh. Ooh. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, maybe they didn't want to hike our section. <laughs> oh boy. Well, it sounds it sounds to me like Anna Bustana's hike is totally invalid, though. Yeah, I yeah. agree. In the according best to ways. according to the trail show, hike has been invalid. According to our out. set of rules, yeah. yeah. Take cut the if you put a patch on your backpack, you should remove it. <laughs> Stickers just, on your car, or just remove part of it. Yeah, yeah, or just remove part of it. Or if you put the sticker on your car, you should use a blow dryer and remove some of it, or maybe scratch half of it off or something. So, oh. Triple yeah. O showing his Junior Ranger patches. Triple O has more Junior Ranger patches <laughs> than any person I know. Hey, that yeah. wasn't just a Junior Ranger patch. This is a Grand Canyon Phantom Ranch Phantom Rattler patch, which what? you can only get at the bottom of the Grand Canyon in Phantom Ranch. It's a pink rattlesnake. You need to send that to Salty. I think she earned it, man. <laughs> Did she fill out the booklet? She didn't earn it. She didn't, <laughs> she earn, she it. didn't earn it. No, okay, she got didn't earn it. Well, it she almost got eaten by a mouse. No, like she would things. have earned that had she wrestled the cat. <laughs> Had she wrestled the cat, she would have earned yeah. it. <laughs> you know what I mean? This doesn't this doesn't count. You know, we have to be very discerning. You know, we've been here doing this for yeah, a while. Yeah, we yeah, discer- we can't just give things away. We have to be discerning. Okay. Anna Bastana's hike is invalid, and Salty should have wrestled the cat. Okay, yeah. I think we should move on. Yeah. Beardy, do we have any donors this month? Yes. <clears throat> Let me take a break from my popcorn. You've been eating popcorn nonstop during the entire show. I'm probably going to post the video so that people can just watch you eat. <laughs> I do have a strange way of eating popcorn, I admit. Oh, there's a car that just pulled in right beside me. Oh, how nice. sketchy. A uh, little bit. Well, at least you're being recorded, so. Yep, doors are locked. <laughs> if this guy has to take off driving, we know it's... This is being recorded. <laughs> There's only three of us on put next the keys? trail show. You should put the keys you know in the ignition why. right now, Disco. It's a push-to-start yeah. situation, oh, okay. so I'm, I'm ready to roll. <laughs> the Wi-Fi might cut off, though, if I have to start driving away. True. Thank, thank goodness somebody else is recording this. That's right. Yeah. All right. So we've got some monthly donors. We've got Bernard Wolf. Hey. Russ, not Fuss Kinder. Craig, Pisco Gully. 
What a guy. Bobby Walters, Trevor Be- Smoke It if you got it, the Bowman. Bowman? Bowman. Jeffrey Cottonmouth oh, Caldwell, Diane Pinkers, David Sarcasm, the Elf, Vitti. Justin Quality Knowles. Quality. Ingrid Gerard, Pat the Bouncer Dixon, The Weekend. Hey now. Steven the Hustler, Russell. The Brute. Emma the Brute Bruce, Renee, she Patrick. Haggis Addict. Wesley the Haggis Addict, Greenwood. Chick-fee. Kevin, Chickpea Cross, and Sasha Honeydew Code. Tibu not. Oop, Tibu. I called him Tibu. 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 Tommy, the Meat Popsicle Stevens. Beep, beep. Brandon, Lost Balls, Love Lady. Shira, the Switch Lady. And Brian, the Big McNamara. Bill, Felipe Gilbert. Felipe. David, the old crusty geode hail, fossilized. Tony Sheboygan, <laughs> Brewing Pits. Sheboygan. Rachel, Die, Mamma, Die. Merchant. Dance, Ho. Oompson. Richie Rich. Lemuel Glasgow. The nuclear farmer, Homer. Eric the robber son. Daniel Fundip Sharp. Kill Bill Cottrell. Woody Yukon Caboose Bass. Matt Frantum. Tim the Hoochoochins. Paul True Love. Curtis Ware. Tyler the Kermoader. Kermanator. Kermoaid. Rayfish. Andrew Pandrew Paget. Pipkin. Pipkin. Kurt. Leocre Newton. Flash. Bob Hobo Evans. Kristen Fancy Mac Hartung. Victor Flamingo okay. Newton. Simon the German Vampire. Hosenfeld. Marvin Maverick. Castlador El Hacador. Viva los gatos. Guato. <laughs> Jack Thigh High. Billings. <laughs> and Jim the Heebie Jeebie Hebner. Hebner. Any one-offs? Gatos. What no one-offs. Um, no one-offs. Just okay. some. Uh, I think I got some more coffee. You know the standard stuff. Couple Thank you very much, show show donors. Know. We appreciate your patronage. Mm. We're not even going to take a break. We're going into our last segment. Full send, people. This is Ask a Hiker with Mike Delo. Delo, take it away. Oh, we don't have any questions tonight. Okay, that's it. That's a wrap. Wait a minute, just what? a second. Hold on. At the last minute, a passenger pigeon just flew in the room and dropped off two letters to me. Hey, now. Question number one. Ask a hiker with me, Mike DiLorenzo. What's up, trail show? A window of opportunity has suddenly opened for me to do a long through hike that is to be finished by October 7th at the latest. I'm considering hiking the Appalachian Trail starting in the next couple of weeks. I'm not too thrilled about dealing with crowds of other through hikers. That said, on such short notice, it seems like my best hike logistically. First of all, it's relatively close to where I live in Northwest Pennsylvania. Plus, I've heard the late P. Mags describe the AT through hike as a linear summer camp. Therefore, <laughs> it seems the most likely long trail to succeed on with minimal prior planning. I should be able to use my smartphone and beta from other hikers to figure out resupplies, water sources on the fly. My question to you is, 
What format of AT thru-hike would you recommend to avoid crowds without running into weather conditions or other snarls like black fly season? I was thinking of a flip-flop Sobo from Harper's Ferry, then back up to Harper's Ferry to finish Nobo. This is based on zero knowledge, so I'm looking for your sage advice. Also, do you think I should mail blue jeans and propane to resupply my torch, or should I wear carry all I will need from the start? Also, I think you advise carrying four clipboards on the PCT. Do you think this would be the same for the AT? Can you overnight a email a hard copy of your response to me? I never listened to the trail show. My doctor said it's a bad idea. And this lovely letter, this lovely question, is from Slackjaw, the Buffalo Jackwagon. Oh, Former yep. winner of a contest, that Slackjaw. Yep. Well, I think if he wants to avoid crowds, there's only one solution. As soon as you meet people, the very first thing you do is take an air bath. <laughs> to keep people away. Or you could bust out one of your clipboards and begin mm -hmm. by uh, interviewing them with multiple questions. About the questions like, and how they're going to hike the Sierra. <laughs> yes. Or ask them if, they're, if they've tagged every blaze, if they've taken any blue blazes yet. Yeah. Be sure to jot down all your answers. You will quickly repel all the people away from you if you mm -hmm. roll in there with clipboards full of paper and multiple and pens on which to take notes. What's your Excuse finish me. date? What's your finish date? <laughs> what day are you going to finish? How are you going and, to uh, deal with the no, black flies? The first question you have to ask them is, <laughs> did you do the approach trail? <laughs> black jaw, start your northbound hike you late. Black jaw? I said slack jaw. No. Start your northbound hike late from Georgia, like I'm thinking maybe early May, or a flip-flop. As far as avoiding the black flies, I think starting southbound, I don't know. Right, you know, I mean, we know that southbound doesn't help you with the crowds. Because you're just you going to run into them going the other yeah. way. Yeah. Like, you yeah. won't know what's coming. You won't know what's yeah. coming. That's a good it'll point. Be like, it'll be like a, a, a bonanza of interesting people that you get to meet each and every day of the, the nice thing is if you go southbound and you you get some like trail romances like it's not awkward because you're like all right see ya yeah because you're going opposite directions you know plus yeah. you know if you do that southbound, the play. Uh, yeah that, that's that's a great plan because then you you know then you get back up to harper's ferry come june and you hike through the mid-atlantic and then you're in the northeast and you're kind of hopefully out of that you know, mosquito season, black, fly. you're done yeah. with the black, there'd be no black flies in that situation, but hopefully you're only in the mosquitoes for the mid Atlantic for a couple of weeks there. Right. Um, you, you can also, you could also, if you're not a true purist, you could do the BMT, which kind of could take you off of the AT and make your, you know, kind of Eastern seaboard route. A complete I can route. And I you can get on ride. that BMT and you're going to see like nobody compared to the Appalachian Trail. So there's that too. Yeah. You do that. The long trail? You do the long trail? You totally do the long um, trail. You could do a non-standard flip-flop like a good friend, the Tyvek Shaman last year who started in Damascus, hiked to Katahdin and flipped back to Damascus and hiked Ooh. south. Hmm. I don't know. Anything's possible. People. Anything's possible on the AT. Just get out your clipboard. Start clipboards. interviewing people and writing responses. Okay. So yeah, Let's lots of clipboards. That. Don't be afraid to blue blaze and consider the BMT. It'll, it'll get you the BMT will get you around that most crowded section down south. Hashtag linear summer camp. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Hashtag micronavigation. All right, we have another question here. Hopefully that was enough answers for Slackjaw the Buffalo Jackwagon. Question number two. Hey, Trail Show. Cool Ranch Dorito here again with another frantic plea for your advice on a PCT Nobo hike through the oh, Sierra. Here we this go. Year. Here we go. I feel like my first question was dismissed with laughter and mockery and then denigrated into a discussion of through hiking with multiple clipboards. Oh, boy. Nobody hikes with clipboards yet. Or, or tennis shoes. And of course, I was appalled that my serious question didn't warrant a serious answer. <clears throat> this is no joke. With over 14 feet of snow at the Central Sierra Snow Lab, just a few miles away from where the PCT crosses I-80, the situation is dire. PCT hikers are in danger. How will they get through the Sierra this year? The snow situation is historic. I'm really hoping the third time this question is asked on the Ask a Hiker segment that you'll take it seriously and suggest ideas, alternatives, and alternatives and advice for this year's PCT Novos. Hikers' lives are depending on you. Don't let us down. Cool Ranch. I've got it. I've got it. All right. All right. You ditch your shelter because you don't need it. You trade it for a shovel. You dig a tunnel. And then you start charging other hikers to use yes. your tunnel through the Sierra snow. Uh -huh. This is not only a way you can finish your through hike, but you can also fund your own through hike. Mm -hmm. A yep. small fee, $20 like for the tunnel. And you can so build the tunnel with a slightly downhill slope from the top. And then you can charge an extra $2 oh, to yeah. rent a clipboard and they can <laughs> sit on it and slide oh down through the tunnel. So you guys are talking about, you know, Frito Roll Tide. What is this guy's name? Dorito. Dorito. Kuras Dorito is going to dig a tunnel. Yeah, as soon as he gets to the snow, he stays on ground on the ground and just starts digging. But but that's going to go up and down, right? He's going to be like under the snow. No, the I'm snow not an is engineer. so deep. The yeah. snow is so deep that it's not going to go up and down. You just start <laughs> digging just slightly downhill and you eventually be underneath the snow and you can, I mean, it's probably 25 feet deep up there and, you know, in the high country. Oh boy. And this seems I'm not, that me. doesn't, that doesn't sound like serious advice for our friend what? Cool Ranch, who's written us great. twice now for soliciting real time. We've come up with, he's witnessed thrice and we have thrice come up with good uses for those clipboards he's going to carry. <laughs> yeah, the clipboards can dig the tunnel. Is. You don't even need a shovel. I, you just I mean, come clipboard. on, I can't hike the trail for you. I got my own clipboard problems. <laughs> I've got I've got a piece of advice I want to leave with Cool Ranch Dorito. I like how just your nose is illuminated. Because... You like that? <laughs> you look like Rudolph. Bing. Um, does anybody else happen to have a clipboard with them right now? No. Really? No, it's that's in my hiking thing. gear. Yeah, mine's Dude, that's in my like backpack. a 1924 <laughs> clipboard. What do you got? It's filled with clipboards. <laughs> what do you mean it's a 1924? Clipboards haven't changed. Since they were invented, um, yes, well, they have. They oh, mine are clear. Mine are you clear. can't. Oh, why would you have a perfect? What are you trying to ruin the world with plastic clipboards? I'm trying to you use it a, as a sled. A wooden one just uh, falls apart. Yeah, you, you need, need to talk a melamine. to Shira about environmental <laughs> efforts, right? You, yeah, don't you need, need a melamine clipboard. What are you talking about? Clipboards. Particle board so, for the wind. Dorito, the Cool Ranch wagon. My. my <laughs> My thought I'd like to leave you with is this. 
you can't finish the trail if you're not alive. So maybe join your friend Slackjaw, the Buffalo Jack Wagon. Skip the PCT this year and go hike the AT. Might be Just a little safer bet. Every day. Or even yeah. the CDT. The CDT this year has got far less snow than all of mm -hmm. the Western mountains. So yeah, thought too. Yep. And if you take your clipboard, you can tie it with a string around the front private part and you can take your air baths and still have some privacy. You know, like you the could also cloth. Do, yeah, you could also do something like ridiculous, like just like um yo-yo the southern sections of the PCT until they until they start to clear from snow. And then maybe you'll kind of like, set some sort of a world like, record to be like, like the, the border, border to like Lake Marina. Marina. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you hike like you hike up the San, you know, the mountains west of San Diego, and then you go back. And yeah. then you go a little bit further and then you come back. You could hike you, to uh you know, you could just kind of keep yo-yoing the PCT until you can get a little bit further. And you may have set like some sort of a you know, most consecutive miles on the PCT type of record, but not mm -hmm. actually hike the whole thing. Yeah. Sounds Which awesome. you could save for another year when it's, you know, snow free. You'll basically be an unpaid ridge runner for, yeah. Yeah. for a hundred mile section of the PCT. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, for anybody that wants a serious consideration of this topic, um, I'd like to point you to Backpacker Radio, episode 191, which they just put out, called Hiking the Pacific Crest Trail 2.0, High Snow Year Considerations. And um, Chance, I'll just mention briefly, one of the co-hosts of that show hiked in 2017. And that year, two women died in drownings in the Sierra from snowmelt, high snowmelt. And that was not nearly the snow situation that exists on the PCT right now. So and it seems to still be snowing. Listen to that episode and take heed. So yeah. you're you're directing these people to listen to another podcast. I, I am another hiking podcast. What? A competitor. People listen competitor to more than podcast. one podcast. You can't no. you're not actually supposed know, to do man. that. No, no, no. You can't they paid me more man. I, yeah. I hate I, oh. I wasn't gonna say it, but I got I got paid off. To... You sell out. This is what it feels right. like to be stabbed in the back. Uh, yeah. I agree. <laughs> out of order. With a clipboard. Maybe, maybe out of order. You and I should have a dull clipboard. <laughs> stabbed in the back with a melamine clipboard. A melamine clipboard. <laughs> yet another use. Don't yet get that clipboard use. wet, Dio. Out of order. I think you and I should go join Late P. Magnanti and start a new hiking podcast <laughs> and leave these two behind. They can hang out and get their backpacker radio I, subsidies, I, what have you. I, I, I didn't agree. refer the I didn't refer the people away. Okay, Peter, you I, can come with us. We'll get rid of him. Um, can we, it's all the, Zoom now. We don't need his podcasting skills. We got this covered. I, <laughs> yes, let's do this. I'm going to take my clipboard with me. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the stabbing clipboard because, you know, it's a bear deterrent. Have yeah. you yes. ever heard of anyone getting attacked in the wilderness with a clipboard? Never. No one. No one. Not I one bet single salty, person has ever been mauled by a bear when they had a clipboard. Salty's mountain lion encounter would have probably yep. been totally yeah, she different. Yeah, had a clipboard, had no she had a clipboard. The clipboard could have also served to, to be like a little shade from the sun in the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. Could have waxed that mountain line across the eyes with That's it. That's right. Like, she could have just got <laughs> a little bitch slap with the uh, clipboard. A backhand. <laughs> hey, if we have any listeners out in Santa Barbara, California, speaking of, 
uh, California. If we have any listeners out in Santa Barbara, California, we hear that Night Lizard Brewing Company has good beers. So feel free to send D'Lo and all of us a, a case each of the Night Lizard Brewing Company beer. I just needed to throw that in there. Wow, I really sidetracked this. <laughs> nonsense that we were oh, Dilo is it. great look at look I at Dilo's hold on that get. clipboard man I had to get I was silent because I was very focused <laughs> on getting a screenshot of Disco cradling his or Dilo cradling Dilo. his clipboard I thought only Andrew Skirka referred to Dilo as Disco you just did it too <laughs> did it. come on the trend is catching I can't, on I can't wait to see Andrew Skirka running around Boulder <laughs> yeah, like disco at you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call Mags and just see what happens. I can't wait. I hope. I really hope that this happens again. Oh boy! I, just, I hope that it happens. Oh boy! What is that? <laughs> I gotta find. I Folks, gotta find the photo I just took. We're on this show, on this trail show. We're pod crafters, not podcasters. <laughs> okay? And we have crafted you a lovely show tonight. We hope you enjoy it. This is the part of the show where the show ends Uh, we'd like to thank everyone for tuning in today big thanks goes to salty for talking to us about her traverse of the grand canyon and her encounter with a large cat big thanks goes to shira for speaking to us on her new business venture which you can find at longdistancetrailconsulting.com many thanks to all our hotline callers you two can be an audio superstar by calling the hotline at 720-893-2269. Last but definitely not least, thanks goes to all our monthly donors. We've got some new stickers in stock, people. You get yourself a couple of them and a proper shout-out by hitting the donate button at thetrailshow.com. Sometimes we're on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You know, you know the deal. Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Audible, Apple, Spotify, everywhere you download your shows. Thanks for hiking with us today. We know you have many podcasts to choose from, and we appreciate you hiking with The Trail Show. Come see us again in April for our annual Fool's Day Extravaganza Palooza, which is guaranteed to be full of beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, I'd like to leave you with a poem from Robert Frost. Some of you may know this poem. Some of you might not. This one's for Dilo. Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near. Between the woods and frozen lake, the darkest evening of the year. He gives his harness bells a shake to ask if there is some mistake. The only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. I think that poem's supposed to be read just those last two lines. That's the whole poem, though. We had to get oh, the whole poem. He didn't. He, he what? wrote the whole thing. He he could have edited it if he wanted just the last one. Yeah, time. come on, Pod. All right, folks. 
until next month. For POD, D-Lo, Triple O, Salty, and Shira. I'm Disco. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao, 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 ciao. Happy Naruz to all our... Happy party! Don't hike the PCT <laughs> this year. Hike a different trail this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to that backpacker radio episode. Hike, hike the backpacker podcast. radio episode. Yeah, I'm totally. Did you guys uh, see the, the uh, screenshot that I just sent? I put it in the uh, chat. No. No. Is it me with the clipboard? Uh, Mike DiLorenzo's wine of the month. And then I thought, I'm just not going to look. I'm just going to put my headphones in and lay back down. I've been training for six weeks so that I can carry your gear, P.O.D. I can't hike the trail for you. I got my own clipboard problems. Do you have any advice that you would like to share with our PCT class of 2023 Nobo hikers? Bring skis. <laughs> Fry the tortillas lightly and dip them in the sauce. You guys are scam. I'm never listening to you again. <laughs>